0: Eternal hallelujah to Jesus Christ the King. The hope of all who seek Him, the help of all who find. None other is so loving, so good and kind. Let's go, He lives, He lives. Christ Jesus lives today, amen. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, He lives, salvation to impart. It's just like his great love, 333, 333. It's just like his great love. A friend I have called Jesus, whose love is strong and true. And never fails our tis tried, no matter what I do, I've sinned against this love of his, but when I knelt to pray, confessing all my guilt to him, the sin clouds rolled away. It's just like Jesus to roll the clouds away, it's just like Jesus to keep me day by day, it's just like Jesus all along the way. It's just like his great love, sometimes the clouds of trouble be dim the sky above. I cannot see my Savior's face, I doubt his wondrous love, but he from heaven's mercy see, he, beholding my despair, in pity bursts the clouds between, and shows me he is there. It's just like Jesus to roll the clouds away. It's just like Jesus to keep me day by day. It's just like Jesus all along the way. It's just like his great love. When sorrows clouds o'ertake me and break upon my head. When life seems worse than useless, and I were better dead, I take my grief to Jesus then, nor do I go in vain. For heavenly hope he gives that cheers, like sunshine after rain. It's just like Jesus to roll the clouds away. It's just like Jesus to keep me day by day. It's just like Jesus all along the way. It's just like his great love. Oh, I could sing forever of Jesus' love divine. Of all his care and tenderness For this poor life of mine His love is in and over all And wind and waves obey When Jesus whispers peace be still And rolls the clouds away It's just like Jesus to roll the clouds away. It's just like Jesus to keep me day by day. It's just like Jesus all along the way. It's just like His great love.
1: Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning, and once again, we just ask that you would take this time and that you would encourage us in your word, that you would strengthen us to serve you more. Give us grace to live for you. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen.
0: For the front. All right, now let's turn to page four hundred and fourteen. Four hundred and fourteen. The Christian life is about trusting and obeying. Amen. Four fourteen. Trust and obey. <laughs> Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Not a shadow can rise, not a cloud in the skies, but a smile quickly drives it away. Not a doubt nor a fear. Or a tear can abide while we trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. But we never can prove the delights of His love until all on the altar we lay. For the favor He shows and the joy He bestows are for them who will trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus. But to trust and obey on that last, then in fellowship sweet, we will sit at his feet, or we'll walk by his side in the way, what he says we will do. Where he sends, we will go. Never fear, only trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Amen, and we do it all for Jesus. Page 500. Five hundred all for Jesus. Amen. All for Jesus, all for Jesus. All my being's ransom powers. All my thoughts and words and doings. All my days and all my hours. Jesus, all for Jesus, all my days and all my hours. All for Jesus, all for Jesus, all my days and all my hours. Let my hands perform his bidding, let my feet run in his way. I see Jesus only, let my lips speak forth his praise. All for Jesus, all for Jesus, let my lips speak forth his praise. All for Jesus, all for Jesus. Let my lips speak forth His praise. Since my eyes were fixed on Jesus, I've lost sight of all beside. So enchain my spirit's vision. Looking at the crucified. Oh, for Jesus, all for Jesus. Looking at the crucified. Oh, for Jesus, all for Jesus. Looking at the crucified. Oh, what wonder, how amazing. Jesus, glorious King of kings. Thanks to call me His beloved. Let me rest beneath His wings. All for Jesus, all for Jesus. Resting now beneath His wings. All for Jesus, all for Jesus. Resting now beneath His wings Amen, and you can be seated.
1: All right, we want to welcome you to our services today. And uh, I had several ideas on what I wanted to preach about this morning, but... uh, uh, due to circumstances beyond my control, I think I'm going to preach about snow. And uh, uh, the, the Bible has a little bit to say about snow. There's about 29 references in your King James Bible to this thing called snow. And and um, as I was looking through those verses, I said, there, there's a sermon about snow. And uh, I mean, uh, besides, what else are you thinking about anyway? uh we We may actually set the record today they 're talking about uh uh and and we 'll get into that a little bit later in this there 's even with all of the crazy stuff that happens uh snow is still a relaxing thing i mean there 's just like a hush that falls over the city and, and part of it 's because nobody 's moving amen uh. But uh, uh, there's danger to snow, yes, and, and uh, actually the Bible even addresses that. There's there's a lot of different things, but uh, we're going to have to jump around in the Bible quite a bit. So get your Bible or pew Bible out if you don't have one. And uh, we're going to turn and we're going to start in Job chapter 9. Job chapter 9. And... Uh, Job is trying to uh, talk to his three friends here. And, of course, if you had friends like Job had, you wouldn't need enemies, now would you? Uh, that's if, in fact, that's where that phrase comes from, is from the book of Job. There are so many phrases uh, that we use today that actually come from the Bible, with friends like these who need enemies. That actually comes from the book of Job. Uh, a drop in a bucket comes from the book of Job. Uh, There's just uh, many, many different uh, things, and and, uh, one of these days, I'm going to try to steal another man's sermon, Uh, his name is Sam Gipp, he preached a message years ago on, you will quote the King James Bible if you speak English, and uh, there's a lot of truth in that, it doesn't matter where you go, uh, 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 how how many of you said, I got to get my stuff ready, It comes out of the Bible. Uh, All of these things. I mean, you're going to quote this book called the Bible if you speak English. It just has that kind of influence. But look at verse 30 of Job chapter 9 and we're going to see the first thing that the Bible tells us about snow. It says, If I wash myself with snow water and make my hands never so clean. Now, the rest of the passage goes here Job says no matter how clean I make myself you guys are going to accuse me of every dirty rotten thing in the book and that's what his friends were doing and uh, here we have Job talking about purity you know even in New York City it takes several days for that beautiful white snow to turn sooty brown and black and green and whatever other color you might just happen to uh, come across. Uh, but it is just something to look out and see white. In fact, uh, the first time I looked out the window this morning, all I saw was white. Uh, I couldn't see anything. I couldn't hardly see across the street and see the buildings. I, I, Where did everything go? It was just like God covered everything in a blanket of white. And... The first thing about snow is we see purity. Snow is clean. David said in Psalm 51, verse 7, "...purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow." Isaiah 1.18 says, "...Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow." Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. God is, uses snow as a picture of purity and beauty. By the way, it's interesting. It says, "Though your sins be as scarlet, uh, we've in the past done a lot of of uh, preaching out on the street. We have a, a What they call that thing anyway it's a board that fits on top of the van and we put paper on it and paint on it and um the uh the red paint it's supposed it says right on the thing washable they lied Uh, that the pigments in that red paint you get it I, i don't know how many shirts i've ruined over the years getting a drip of that red paint on my shirt and no matter what she does, it will not come out. And that's the idea of this thing of scarlet. It's it's a color that you cannot get out. It's as though your sins be as scarlet, though they be red like crimson. He's going to make them white as snow. In the book of Lamentations, Jeremiah was lamenting here over the destruction of Jerusalem. And it says... Uh, in verse four, chapter 4, verse 7, her Nazarites were purer than snow. They were whiter than milk. They were more ruddy in body than rubies. Their polishing was of a sapphire. And he was talking about the glory and the beauty of young men who had given their lives to live purely for the Lord. The idea of a Nazarite was someone who dedicated either a portion of their life or in the case of, uh, of certain people like uh, uh, Samson and and uh, possibly Samuel and others who were uh, Nazarites from the womb that they never tasted anything that had anything to do with grapes they not not even raisins and grape juice and anything that was part of the thing uh, they were never to cut their hair as long as that vow was upon them. Uh, uh, it was a sign of separation unto the Lord. Now, in our days and times, when you see some guy walking down the hair uh, walking down the street with hair down to his waist that 's not a sign of purity unto god that 's a sign of rebellion against the truth and against moral standards. That just shows you how backwards our society has become and uh, the, uh, uh, Jeremiah was, was lamenting that these Nazarites, these few people even in the wicked society that was in Jerusalem at the time of its destruction, there were still some that were pure and it says they were purer than snow. Daniel said, I beheld till thrones were cast down and the ancient of days did sit, whose garment." was white as snow and the hair of his head was like pure wool and his throne was like a fiery flame and his wheels as burning fire. In Matthew 28 it says his countenance was like lightning and his raiment white as snow. On the Mount of Transfiguration of Mark it describes Jesus, his raiment became shining exceeding white as snow so as no fuller or dye person who dyes cloth, that's a fuller, on earth can wipe them. Revelation chapter 1, John said, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. And he said he turned around to see who spoke with him. His head and his hairs were like white, like white, like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were as a flame of fire. This thing of snow is a picture of purity and beauty. You know, there's something beautiful about purity. There's something beautiful when you meet someone that has not been tainted and destroyed and colored by the things of this world. You know, one of the great battles we have going on in our society today is they want to start, uh, they call it sexual education. We, I, I believe we ought to call it immoral education because that's what it's all about. They want to teach the tenets of immorality to these young children, starting in kindergarten with books like Heather has two mommies and you could, it's okay to have two daddies. and That's ridiculous. That doesn't happen, my friend. That's not reality. Uh, uh, last time I checked uh, it's been this way since creation with the exception of the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ it takes both mommy and daddy to make a kid and uh, you can say what you want and do what you say but it's still uh, even with all of our advances in science uh, they have not cloned a human being yet and woe be to the filthy dastards that are trying to do such abominable work, because the, the the little truth to this thing is no one knows how many tens of thousands of real cells and real babies they've destroyed just to try to experiment with one. I mean, it's, we do things in today that are worse than Frankenstein, and um, yet there's a beauty and a wonder. And you know what? You can live a clean life in a wicked world. Amen? You don't have to be colored by the things of this world. And even though we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God, it says that we can come, as David said, purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me. And I shall be whiter than snow. There's a song, whiter than snow, yes, whiter than snow. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Aren't you glad we serve a Savior that's able to cleanse us and make us and make our life whiter than the snow? There's another thing to snow. Proverbs chapter 25, verse 13 Let's, let's look at that one. Proverbs 25. You're not far if you're still in the book of Job. And what I've done is just going through and divided up most of these verses that deal with snow. Almost all of them we'll deal with this morning in one time or another. And uh, we'll still have you out before uh, the snow stops, I imagine. Uh, but Proverbs chapter 25, and verse 13, says, "...as the cold of snow..." In the time of harvest, so is a faithful messenger to them that send him, for he refresheth the soul of his masters. Now, how many of you looked out and saw all that snow this morning and just said, "Just felt like I'm gonna, I'm gonna beat it today. I'm gonna make that challenge. I'm gonna make it." I mean, that's why you're here, right? You did. You beat the challenge. You beat the snow. And we're glad everyone did. Now, I didn't beat the snow this morning. Now, my boys did. They went out and shoveled the walk. Uh, they, they beat the snow, and they brought about half of it back in the house with them, I think. But uh, there is something refreshing and invigorating, just plain relaxing, about snow. I mean, there's a great temptation. You look at all that snow out there and pull the covers up tighter and roll over and just go back to sleep. I'm glad nobody here did that. But it says, as the cold of snow... There's there's just something refreshing. There's something good about snow. And uh, it says in Isaiah 55 and and verse 10, For as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth and maketh it bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Snow is important. One of the great factors in our reservoir system in, in New York City is the snow in the Catskill Mountains. And you know what? I'm glad it's snowing up there, amen. Because we're going to have water this spring, and the more snow they get, the better it is for us. I really like it when it snows in the Catskills, and sprinkles in New York rain in New York City. You don't have to shovel rain most of the time, and uh, uh, but uh, there's just something refreshing about the snow. It provides food and. The chance to grow crops in the spring. Jeremiah in chapter 18 said, Will a man leave the snow of Lebanon, which cometh from the rock of the, of the field, or shall the cold flowing waters that come from another place be forsaken? Are you going to leave the joys? Uh, I mean, I, I really feel sorry for, for people who live in places where there's no snow. I, I like, you know what, one of the neatest things about snow is? especially in this part of the world. It's here, it's beautiful, and then it's gone. It doesn't stay around long. It keeps moving. I mean, I feel for Brother Ungry in Alaska. Uh, Right now, there's about 22 to somewhere between 20 and 22 hours of total darkness and two or three hours of twilight where they live in the Arctic Circle. And the snow's been there since September, and uh, it'll be there until the last of April, uh, most of the time well into the month of May. uh, The ground is still covered with snow up there in the Arctic Circle uh, around Alaska, and yet there is this idea of refreshment in the snow. But look with me to 2 Samuel chapter 23. And this is something most of us would identify with this morning. And the Bible talks about the challenge of snow. That snow can make life incredibly challenging. And it's going through here the list of David's mighty men. And we get here to a fellow named Benaniah, the son of Jehoiada. And uh, it tells of his great exploit in verse 20. And you read some of the things these other guys did. It says in Benaniah, the son of Jehoiada, the the son of a valiant man of uh, of Kabzeel, who had done many acts. He slew two lion-like men of Moab. He went down also and slew a lion in the midst of a pit in time of snow. Now, as it's listing the great acts of this great man, I mean, you go. Uh, down through this list and i I love reading the story uh, of david 's mighty men and some of the things that these guys did uh, the The story is there where david was was uh hiding from king saul and and there was a Philistine garrison. the Philistines controlled the town of Bethlehem, and David was standing there and he was looking out. And he says, Oh, I remember as a boy drinking the water of the well in the gate of the city of Bethlehem and his three mighty men. Now, Ben and I wasn't one of the three mighties, but he was in the group. They said, You know what? David would like a drink from the well at Bethlehem. So they got together and the three of them went down to the camp of the army of the Philistines broke through the camp of the army, broke through the guards, went through, and I, I imagine there was bodies laying all over the place by the time these three guys were done. And, and the Philistines are trying to figure out what was going on. Why are we being attacked and, and looking for all the rest of the men? And here comes three guys. They run down to the well, let a pitcher down, to bring up the water, cut the rope and take the pitcher with them and run away with a pitcher full of water. And they're just sitting there going... What are these crazy Jews doing? Well, David wanted to drink. And so, you Philistines are going to pay for it. And, uh, but it tells us that David wouldn't drink the water. It says he poured it out unto the Lord as an act of worship because of the great love that these three men had for their leader. Benaniah was one of those mighty men. In fact, it was Benaniah who was going to continue after David had died and be the one that was the protector of Solomon and the leader of Solomon's soldiers, and the one that established Solomon in the king in the kingdom. And one of the acts that Benaniah did uh, um, was it says that he went down into a pit. Now could you imagine? Here somebody had dug this big pit. And it was so big and it was so steep that a lion could not jump out of this pit. It had been trapped in this pit. Now, lions can jump 40 feet through the air. Now, they can't vertical jump 40 feet out. Uh, but, you know, it, it, you're talking about an incredible beast here. And he goes down and it's snowing. Now, how many of you would like to climb down in a cage with a lion and there's snow all over the ground? Not me. Not this fellow. I I would not qualify as one of David's mighty men. But uh, Ben and I had jumped down in that pit and he said, this lion is trapped in here. He said, if this lion gets out somehow or if something else falls into this pit, the lion's going to eat it. He said, we better make things safe. So he jumps down in the pit with a lion and kills a lion. I mean, there's some challenges to this thing called snow. Trying to drive. Mrs. Saravia got in from Long Island this morning and immediately got the van totally stuck where she can't move it in front of the church. Uh, we're going to have to go dig it out after the service this morning so she can get out and go home. But the uh, there are some challenges to snow. And part of that challenge... Listed Benaniah, son of Jehoiada, as one of the mighty men. Let's turn to Job chapter 38. Job chapter 38. And in Job chapter 38, we have the Lord talking to Job out of the whirlwind, and in verse 22, he says, "Hast thou entered into the treasures of snow, of the snow, or hast thou seen the treasures of the hail?" How many of you know what He's talking about? How many snowflakes do you think have fallen just in New York City in the past 24 hours? Could anybody count that up? Boy, I sure couldn't. Every one is different. Every one of them is different. If you could take them and put them under a magnifying glass, you could see how beautiful. Now, I've seen pictures. I just have... Uh, it'd be very difficult to uh, get all of the equipment that you would need. You need a microscope, actually, but it's got to be done in such a way that you don't melt the snow before you see it. That's uh, <laughs> kind of hard to do. Uh, I've seen some of the beautiful pictures of uh, snowflakes, and, you know, as, as all that man can do, we can't recreate the. The snowflakes. I mean, just look at how good and how big and how powerful God is. He takes time. I mean, to make every snowflake different. And we think, oh, yeah, well, God set up the natural processes and it just, you know, I. I think we put too much in natural process. Yes, God set up the natural processes that make the snow, but I think he still has a little hand in what's going on, don't you? I mean, there are treasures in the snow. And and I love to think about this one of the great problems that we have that the evolutionist has is he tries to say, you know, survival of the fittest and and everything is supposed to have a purpose and and all of this and do you ever think about one of the reasons they have to find life somewhere else in the universe is because only God is big enough to waste the entire universe on us little humans living on one planet do you ever think about that think about all the effort that it takes to make those gazillions of individual snowflakes different, every one from the other. Only God could do something like that. Amen? Those are the treasures of the snow. They're beautiful. They're incredible. When it talks about the greatness of God, Psalm 147, verse 16, it says, He giveth snow like wool. He scattereth hoarfrost like ashes. In Psalm 148, verse 8, it says, Fire and hail, snow and vapor, stormy wind, fulfilling His Word. We have incredible ability as human beings, do we not? And yet, one little snowstorm has shut down the entire East Coast. I mean, there's not much moving today, is there? Uh, The surest way of getting around today is on what God gave you when you were born. It's called feet. Uh, A pair of snowshoes wouldn't hurt. But uh, the whole idea here is snow shows us the power and the glory and the greatness of God. Amen? It shows us the purity and the beauty of the, actually the beauty of purity is what it shows us and how wonderful it is. Snow gives you refreshment. It's a good thing. There's some challenges, but it shows us the power of God. Then the last one we're going to look at this morning is snow sometimes presents some dangers and some problems as well, doesn't it? I mean, we've got to be realistic. I mean, there were some people that called me up and and said pastor should i try to come out in this stuff and and uh I, I said well if you're just coming out by yourself it wouldn't be bad but bringing that little baby out in the snow and things that just might not be the safest thing in the world i i certainly wouldn't want to trust my safety to some of these guys that drive these taxi cabs in the snow would you uh, i mean they don't drive well in normal weather uh, i i certainly wouldn't trust them driving on the slick pavement and things uh, there is some danger. Proverbs 26, verse 1 says, It's snow in summer and rain and harvest. So honor is not seemly for a fool. It, it's not right. We don't get snowstorms in August in New York City now, do we? Proverbs 31 talks about the virtuous woman. It says she's not afraid of the snow for her household. For all her household are clothed with scarlet. Her her house is protected. In the book of Job, there's a couple of places here where Job is trying to argue with his quote-unquote friends. And he says, uh, talking about the little streams that appear in the wintertime. He says which are blackish by the reason of ice and wherein snow is hid and as soon as the summer warms up, those streams disappear. There's, there's a lot of people who are, are like snow. They show up. Boy, they're ready to go and everything looks good and everything is wonderful and as soon as the heat gets turned up, man, they're, they're gone. There's a lot of people like that. There's some dangers that snow shows us. It says, "...drought and heat consume the snow waters, so doth the grave those which have sinned." You have, uh, especially there in the the Middle East, you have the snow come and, and it'll land on top of the mountains and as the spring comes and that thaw begins, there'll be these rushing little streams and rivers that just come down and water the plains but then comes the dry season and it's not too long how many of you ever heard of the term wadi uh... w-a-d-i if you listen to the news uh... they even have names name many of these what a wadi is is a dry stream bed and in the in the spring the water will rush down and literally carve into the stone and into the ground this little stream for repeated but as soon as the weather gets warm they're gone every once in a while you can get down in there and maybe in a corner or something there there might be just a little trickle of water under the ground that might save someone's life but for the most part those things dry up and, and it tells us you know when the like I said, one of the most wonderful things about snow is it's not going to be here all year. Amen? Yeah, it's In fact, what is it? It's going to be back up around 40 degrees on Tuesday, they said. And uh, warming up and, and all this stuff's going to melt and then we're going to have real fun because we'll have 18 inches of slush on the ground and hopefully it won't get cold and freeze and do all that great stuff that it does on occasion. But snow does present some dangers and some problems it shows it illustrates to us the weakness and the all I can think of is the lack of longevity whatever that word is uh, the shallowness of some human endeavors here today gone tomorrow fickleness that's a good word and as we look at snow today because that's all you're going to be doing today once you go outside, looking at snow, right? Could we remember the beauty of purity and how wonderful, thing and how beautiful purity really is? And we can be made pure through the blood of Jesus Christ. We think of the refreshment that snow brings. There's just something about snow that relaxes you a little bit until you come back in from shoveling it. (laughs) And then you get all sore. Um, There's a challenge. Snow shows us the power of God. Who else, what else could take the time to make all of those individual snowflakes different from one another. Only God could do something like that. It's funny how that just a little snow shuts down just about everything. You know, you can only do so much. God is great And it also shows us and illustrates for us some of the dangers and problems of the frailty of human character. Not a fiery sermon this morning, but I figured since that's going to be on all of our minds and all of our hearts and thinking about the snow, maybe we ought to just get a little bit of principles from God's Word to remind us. As we go out and we we look at all that snow and we think, oh, good night, what am I going to do? Just remember, each snowflake is different one from another. God's power and His goodness. It's wonderful to see all that white snow, quiet and still, and it just, it's like a blanket of insulation. It just cuts the noise. It's a wonderful thing. And it won't be here long. And it reminds us that we don't need to be snow-like in our character. Amen? We need to be here year-round serving the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before You this morning. And Lord, we just think of these things that Your Word says about snow. Lord, we think about men like Ben as the son of Jehoiada. Lord, we could have developed this message in many other ways, but we just come before You and ask that You would help us to be valiant of character, to remember the beauty of purity, to remember the greatness of our God. Lord, to allow the refreshment that snow brings and to remember the warnings to guard against fickleness and and frailty in our character lord we ask that you would work in our lives that we would worship you in your name we pray amen let's take our hymn books and brother Franz come and and, uh... Page number 500, we'll sing that song, All for Jesus, again. And if you would like to come and pray, we'll open the altar this morning. We won't take time. Page number 500, let's just sing it out. It's okay, we'll be fine. All for Jesus, all for Jesus. We'll just let the piano continue to play. And all God's people said, Amen. You may be seated. And uh, just a couple of things. Uh, if if anybody comes tonight, we will have service at 6 o'clock. We'll have the doors open. And uh, we'll spend some time in prayer. And... Uh, hopefully the snow will clear up by then. It's supposed to be over early this afternoon sometime, but uh, um, also ask you to keep the construction in prayer. Praise the Lord. We were able to finish the second wall yesterday, and uh, that means we've only got two more to go. And so uh, uh, we've got to get these done, and then... um, also would ask you to pray uh, because the architect came over during the week and changed some things. So the quote that we dealt with at the business meeting, that's all going to be changed a little bit. And uh, uh, So far, everything that he's asked us to do is going to be in our favor. It's going to be less money uh, than it was before. It's a simpler way of doing things. And so uh, keep all of that in prayers. We try to uh, it's a simpler way for the contractor of the movable partitions, but uh, it'll be a lot more work for us because we've got to build some specialized things. So just keep that in uh, prayer, if you would. And um, I had some flyers I was passing out to the, to the men at the beginning of the service. Uh, we have a men's meeting in Montreal uh, some of us went up there last year, I think there was what five of us last year or four of us, something like that five four and and uh, it was just an incredible meeting we 'll probably leave Thursday night after church, and uh, we 'll get back Saturday night that way you only have to have one day off work and, unless you work on saturday and uh, We'll look forward to that. It was one of the most uh, incredible meetings I've ever been to. Just And ladies, we're looking for something like this for the ladies. Uh, we'll let you know if we find it. It's, uh, uh, this is the first men's meeting like this that uh, I've ever been to that was just worth the trip. And uh, so uh, we'll be uh, doing that. Uh, let's have our uh, usher. I think we'll only need one this morning. And uh, we'll still take an offering, amen? There you go. Brother George, would you ask God to bless the offering? Stand together. Brother Franz, come and lead us as we're dismissed. 705 if you need the words.